Hi, I'm Leah Peterson, and you're listening to the Leah Pia Podcast. Post is from 2010. It's called First and Last. The first time I tried meth was behind a gas station with a one-armed guy named Brett. Brett had a hook on his left arm starting a few inches under the elbow. He delivered ice blocks and used his hook to peg one side of the block, then grabbed the other side with his right hand and loaded the freezer that way. Brett asked me, want to know what happened? And without waiting for an answer, he continued, I hated having a left arm, so I chopped it off. I used an axe. It took two chops, and it hurt like a bitch. You chopped it off on purpose, I asked. Yeah, I always wanted it gone ever since I was a little kid. After I chopped it, I burnt the edge to make it stop bleeding, but it didn't work, so I had to go to the emergency room. They asked me if I wanted to have a robot arm made, and I was all, Dude, no, I don't want a left arm. That's why I chopped it off. And now, I asked, are you happy with it gone? Sure I am. He looked proud. Never been happier. And he took off the wooden arm with the hook at the end and showed me the stump. It's beautiful, he said, and stroked the scarred end. I should have known then to run away from meth as fast as I could, but I didn't even think about it. My friend and I took the marble-sized white powdered ball, nestled in the corner of a baggie and tied closed with a twisty tie. It's okay to snort it, but never, never smoke it, my friend said. You'll get hooked like that. And she snapped her fingers. We snorted three lines of meth each that night. About two weeks later, I smoked meth for the first time with a dentist who was my new supplier. He snorted coke, but never meth, but said derisively that I could do what I wanted. I followed suit and snorted the coke and smoked the meth, just like him. He showed his approval of my choice and rewarded me with even more drugs. This dentist, he had a collection of knives and machetes on his living room wall, and I fantasized about using one to cut my arms open. Filleted from shoulder to wrist, I saw how I'd bleed all over the floor and be found in a giant puddle of my own blood, but no one would be sad. Then I grabbed the pipe and I smoked again. Three weeks after that, I was smoking meth only on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday nights, since Wednesday was the middle of the week and I needed a pick-me-up, right? Two weeks after that, I was smoking meth every night, but rationalizing that I was only doing it after 5 p.m., see, the dentist tired of me and my fascination with his knives and my constant handling of them. He stopped calling me and he wouldn't answer my calls. One time when I saw him at the bar, he ignored me like I wasn't there. I saw he had someone new to take home with him and warm his bed. I felt totally lost. I started going home with two of my friends, quote unquote, who were squatting in a condemned apartment building just out of town. The girl I was with had a brother who made meth. The boy I was with was kind of her boyfriend, and I was the new entertainment, so the three of us had an endless supply of nothing but time. I stayed in that apartment for days sometimes, mostly drinking and smoking meth and having sex, passing hours of time just staring at the wall, listening to music or jumping on the mattresses or driving to get more beer. I remember one time the funniest thing was hiding behind the dumpster and throwing rocks at the cop cars, laughing like it was the funniest thing in the world. 
I went home every few days to shower. I would change clothes and sleep for a couple of days straight. One day the police busted the apartment and hauled in the guy who I'd been hanging out with. The girl had happened to be at her cousin's house. She was recovering from an abortion. And I was home sleeping off a four-day meth binge. We were warned to stay away from the apartment by the girl's brother and his friends. They didn't want any of us getting hauled in and fingering them as suppliers. So we met up at bars and whispered in the back, comparing notes and gossiping. We heard the boy had been shipped off to rehab. Everyone asked when they would start making meth again. They decided to move their operation to another town. The girl decided to go with her brother. She was drunk 24-7. In my very sage opinion, she needed a change of scenery or she would never recover. I never saw them after that. I was on my own. Three months after I first tried meth, my life revolved around it. I woke up in the afternoon and smoked the tiny bit of meth coating the bulb from the night before. I painted canvases, I wrote nonsense in notebooks with deep meaning. Then I went out at 3.30 p.m. to a local bar right when happy hour started. I nursed a beer or two, bought with a change from under the car seat or a five I had stashed in my pocket, probably taken from a drunk someone the night before. I would play some pool, I wrote more earnest pieces that had nothing to do with reality, and I waited. Let me tell you, keeping up with a meth habit, it is exhausting and expensive. The only thing that makes sense is to have someone else buy it and give it to you. The stuff you do to get the meth, it means nothing. The meth is everything. So there I was in the bar, I was looking around, kind of measuring everyone up, and I knew he would be there. Or she, it didn't matter. What mattered is that they had meth, and they were looking to share it with someone, the right person. And that person, it was going to be me. There would be some eye contact across the bar, then some smiling, some more direct eye contact. Then I tilted the head indicating I should come over. So I did, with relief because I knew I'd have what I needed that night. After a few more drinks, two or three shots and a beer maybe, we'd have flirted enough for both of us to take it to the next level. Their place, my place, a car, an empty room at someone's party, it really didn't matter. I was past caring and all I wanted was to smoke out. This went on for a few months until I didn't even recognize myself in the mirror. I was gaunt. I looked like a skeleton. My hair was limp and always greasy even right after I washed it. My teeth and gums hurt. My face was covered in zits. I was so tired, unless I was high. When I was high, I had started seeing things and acting a little too odd. When I came down, I couldn't remember what I'd done while high, but I pushed all those thoughts away. They didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was the meth. I didn't like who I saw in the mirror, so I just stopped looking. The last time I smoked meth was about seven months after I first tried it. I went to the bar. I was feeling tired and sick, but I was wearing my sexy clothes, my hair and my makeup done. I went in the bathroom and smoked the mist of meth covering the bulb left over from last night. It wasn't enough to get me high, but it sure was enough to increase my cravings. I nursed my beers at the bar and searched the room. Finally, I found him. Not only was he looking for someone like me, but he was so handsome. Even in the dark room, I could see he had piercing blue eyes. His shoulder-length hair was blonde and wavy and thick. His smile was amazing. My thoughts took off to where he would be more than a one-night stand, maybe my boyfriend, or maybe more. He treated me nice. He was sweet. He got me drunk and then drove me to his trailer where we smoked for hours, had sex, and passed out. I remember thinking how good this could be if I could just keep it going. 
I needed to keep him around and keep him wanting me. As we were falling asleep in the early hours of the morning, Hey, I whispered, do you know what my name is? He groaned and mumbled something unintelligible. I said, do you know my name? I asked a little louder and closer to his ear. Your name? Why, babe? No, go to sleep, babe. I would make sure he knew my name before I left in the morning. I smiled and my head sunk into oblivion. It was dawn and light was coming in through the window right by my head. I cracked my eyes open, felt my dry, dry sandpaper throat and noted I needed to pee. As my eyes focused, I noticed the window was filthy and the glass cracked with a hole in the corner. I didn't remember seeing that last night. I lifted my head to look around a little more and realized the entire trailer was a total pigsty. I half expected a rat or two to peek their heads out of the pile of newspapers and the amazing amount of empty cigarette cases in the corner. The one-burner stove had a dented pot which apparently had at one time held beans that had boiled over. I knew this because the evidence was stuck and petrified to the sides. And in all this filth, inexplicably, there was a vase with dusty plastic flowers in the corner next to a very shiny silver figure of Mary and the baby Jesus. As I rested my head back on the pillow, I shut my eyes. I knew better than to look at the sheets in the pillowcase. I decided to exit the trailer as soon as humanly possible. Just as I was figuring out how to climb over my never-to-be boyfriend, he grunted and moaned. Babe, hand me my bridge. Your bridge? I asked. Yeah, and the bowl on the shelf above your head. Grab it for me. I had no idea what he was talking about, but I figured I'd just find something, anything, put it in his hand, and exit. I gingerly tested the shelf above with my fingers, searching for something in a cup. I found a cup. I put my fingers inside and pulled out teeth. As I looked at the teeth in disbelief, he turned over and grabbed them. Thanks, babe, he smiled. And, yep, that was where the teeth would go, right there on the top and the front. He clicked them in place. Want to know how I lost them, he asked. Without waiting for a reply, he continued. I was in a fight, see, I was at this party, and some shithead tried to leave with my shit. I had this bag, like a brown grocery bag, and it even had my name on it, but he grabbed it and walked out. So, of course, I followed him. I tried to punch him and grab the sack, but I'd been drinking. <laughs> He laughed, and I slipped on the deck and fell down some stairs. My face hit the bottom step, and BAM! My four front teeth popped out. I jumped up and ran after the guy. I had all this blood running down my chin. Seriously, it was crazy. He laughed again. You know, I ventured, getting sucked into the story against my will. You can put teeth that get knocked out into cold milk and take them to the dentist. A lot of times they can put them back in. Oh, I know, he said. I heard that too, but then that dude would have gotten away with all my sweet porn. I had the rarest tapes in there, man. Irreplaceable. He shook his head sadly, visibly saddened just thinking about his porn being stolen. Brushing it off, he continued. No, I ran after him. I grabbed his shoulder and popped him one in the eye. He dropped the bag, dude. I grabbed it and the rest is history. He smiled, showing me his new teeth, and I noticed... You know, his eyes are brown, not blue. And then I noticed his hair was stringy. It was shoulder length, yes, but it was colorless and greasy. His face was a little misshapen, and the smell in the trailer was getting totally unbearable. Just like almost every morning over the past months when I'd woken up in a stranger's bed, I wondered, what the hell am I doing? 
Grabbing my clothes, I crawled over him. I fanned my shoes and opened the door, saying something about, Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. You got my number right. Yeah, 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 sounds good. Don't forget your baggie, he said. You earned it. That was some night, huh? And he smiled again, and I thought I was going to be sick. I turned to go, grabbing the drugs off the tiny counter. He said, Seriously, babe, you were awesome. If it weren't for girls like you, guys like me would never get laid. Frozen, I stared at him. Then I forced myself out the door and into my car, and suddenly I realized what I was. I was a whore. I didn't have sex for money, but I did it for drugs. I looked at myself in the rearview mirror, wondering why I had never realized this sooner. I wanted my life to be different. I didn't want to be a girl like that anymore. And for one of only three times in my life that I've ever littered, I tossed the meth baggie out of the window into the trees. I wanted to change, so I did. See you next time.